Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. This week, my wife is joining us for the episode, Megan Lovell, so I'm super excited to have her on the show, and we get to discuss the sermon from this past weekend on Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7, and then we get to dive into a listener question as well on how to use your 20s well, so looking forward to discussing that decade, and uh, yeah, looking forward to the show. So let's get started. I'm Trevor Lovell, and this is the Pastor's Cut with Megan Lovell. All right. Well, I'm excited to, to be having joining me today. Actually, the, the one and only uh, my my missus, my bride, Megan, uh, you are here. So, yes, I am here. Yeah, I may have been forced just a little bit, but I am here. <laughs> yeah, very, I'm looking forward to this, though. I'm excited. So, um, yeah, a lot of times I feel like you're kind of like behind the scenes. And so it's nice to get you out in a, in a prominent role here. Yes, yes, I am pretty much always hiding with the kids, trying to keep them quiet yeah, so that you don't call me out in a service. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask uh, kind of at the start here, um, you know, being a pastor's wife, uh, what, what is one thing you would want people to know about that experience of being in ministry from maybe just from that perspective? Um, one thing, I mean, are, are we, are are we talking? Keeping, are we talking positive? Are we keeping it positive and encouraging? K love here. <laughs> or are we talking real? Um, no, there's a lot of good things, and then like everything, there's hard things. But um, one thing I would want people to know, I think it, it's a really unique calling, um, and I call it. I say calling because he's called to be a pastor, and like we partner in that, we make decisions together, um, and it's. A unique way um, I get to work with you a lot. Um, like right now, for example, I get to be on this podcast with you. Um, but also when you're doing your sermon prep, when you're um, going over your sermon, I hear it about 10 times before everyone else. And, you know, I'm able to give you that feedback that you want. Um, yeah. Maybe not always the most helpful, but... I no, give it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> but I give yeah. it. And then um, the joy that it is to be able to sit in a church service and uh, watch you work um, and with yeah. our kids beside me, um, being able to see you do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a really unique mm-hmm. uh, life that we have. Like I'm able to partner with you in so many different parts of your job. Yeah. So I'd say that's something. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's true. I know I think back to being a kid and like uh, like when it's take your kid to work day and going to work with my mom. And it was always exciting. Like I liked seeing what she did for work and getting like a glimpse into that. But then at the same time, uh, like probably 98% of her job wasn't like I couldn't just watch it and see what was happening. And so it was, uh, yeah, that's a neat thing just to like that the kids get to kind of see, they get like a window into um, what I what I do, which they're not always excited about sometimes it's boring <laughs> yeah no they sit in a service and they're like mom i'm hungry is it almost over and they're so not phased by what is going on in the room yeah i will say though to that effect um like we're called together and i think sometimes you know it, it's easy to understand like the to look at the pastor as the one who's called the ministry but the reality is this only works if we're both doing it together it's a it's a calling god has placed on both of us and um yeah, like every time, uh, you know, like there's a sermon, there's input that we all put into it. Um, it's kind of like 
when the like ministry gets to be a burden in certain seasons, it's a burden that we all carry together. Like it affects you, it affects the kids. And so it's really not just me. It's something that God has called all of us into as a, as a family and as a couple. And, um, in some ways there's some really cool pieces to that. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's just neat that, that we all get to be a part of it in that way. So, yeah. 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 You definitely couldn't do this without me. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I couldn't. Yeah. Okay. Let's, um, yeah, let's roll into the sermon recap here. So yeah, you did your sermon on Acts six, one through seven, um, Uh which the big idea was to follow Jesus is to serve, um, which I think is like, Mm-hmm. kind of a hot button topic in church like because those who serve are like yes everyone should be serving you know and then people who are you know not serving right now then sometimes can feel guilty for mm-hmm. not serving or you know mm-hmm. feel almost like shamed for not serving so it's kind of like this yeah delicate issue but it's definitely talked about in the bible so yeah i mean do you want to give a summary of how you yeah. Um, well, it's funny that you talk about like the guilt and the shaming piece. Cause I, I had this like uh, illustration that you helped me with <laughs> in a written where I had like had this, like the cameras go blurry. And then I, it was like, it got progressively clearer. Originally, like the first idea was to do the reverse where it goes clear and then it gets blurry. And it was like, when you don't serve, this is what happens. <laughs> and I was like, I think I explained it to you and I was like, that doesn't, you know, when I say it, that doesn't, that doesn't quite seem right. <laughs> No, that was shaming. Yeah. And so then you, you gave like the, maybe you, what if you flip it? And, uh, that was helpful. That worked much better. So, uh, but yeah, that was, that was the idea to follow Jesus is to serve. And, uh, I kind of wanted to go a few different directions in the passage that, um, yeah, it's kind of the passage that's seen as the origin of the deacons within the church. And so, um, I just wanted, you know, the chance doesn't come around all that often to just sort of really honor the deacons in, in a way that's naturally tied to the text. Um, and just to kind of call out the ways that they've served people in our community who found themselves in, in really difficult situations and, and how the deacons are always, they're faithful and they're there. And so I just, I wanted to take advantage of that opportunity, um, and try to really honor our deacons well. Um, so that was, that was cool to have the chance to do that. Um, and then there was this, there's this really interesting connection in the passage, uh, getting back to that whole kind of blurry, um, and clear illustration that, it made a connection between our serving and the, the increase of the word of God among us um, in that there was, you know, in the beginning of the passage, Luke describes the community, the church as being focused on the word. And then the story arises that has this kind of potential threat to uh, like lead them away from that, to shift their focus away from the word. And the deacons are actually how they manage to address the issue, but still preserve that focus with the result that the community continues to grow and, and has that phrase at the end in verse seven. The word of God continues to increase among them. And uh, so it's like our serving enables us as a community to remain focused on the word and for the word of God to continue to increase among us. And and I feel like one tangible way to make that uh, like really concrete is just even through thinking, uh, like thinking through like your own life. How is my understanding of the word come about through the service of other people, How the ways that other people have served? Um how has that contributed to my own understanding of the word? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm curious, what would you say in, in regards to that? Well, um, I do, um, on my daily um, study, I do the She Reads Truth study. I follow along with them um, and I get the book delivered, the hard copy. I get the book delivered because I cannot do 
things on my phone. It just doesn't work. I find myself going to Instagram and I'm like, I just went to Instagram in the middle of reading my Bible. (laughs) That is not okay. (laughs) So I get the hard copy of the book. um, And I think about um, all the people that, yes, it's their job. But, um, you know, how did that start out? That, you know, it started out small and now it's something that's big. But um, these people, you know, they give their time and this is their way to serve Christ. You know, this is their way to serve God um, is, you know, it's open your Bible every day. That's the goal. That's what they want um, women and men to be doing um, is to be opening their Bible. Even if, you know, you're not understanding everything, um, at least you're opening it. At least you're spending time with God. And as you um, do that more and more, your understanding will grow. Um, And the podcast that pairs with the study um, has just been amazing for me. I would open my Bible, kind of look, do that whole like, God, what do you got for me today? Kind of like <laughs> open it um, and just be like, okay, yeah, that was good. What do I read tomorrow? And then it would be like weeks and I hadn't opened my Bible. And I'm like, what kind of pastor's wife am I? I haven't opened my Bible in weeks. <laughs> but, um, and so then getting the She Reads Truth delivered, I mean, I am I'm in my Bible daily. I mean, sometimes I miss a day or two days and then catch up. But um, the understanding of the Bible, um, Mm -hmm. like my knowledge has just grown leaps and bounds since doing this study. Um, And then I would say too, just um, like my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and just how God is leading me day to day. Um, has it's just become so much clearer because I'm spending time with God. So I'm hearing his voice, you know, I'm, it's easier for me to hear his voice. And it's also helping me to, um, prioritize, you know, what is important in life? Um, what am I putting ahead of God? What, how do I need to rearrange my priorities so that, you know, God is first and foremost, because I think that's like a daily battle, um, is, how do I keep God first in life when there's so many pressures and so many pulls just from like one tiny device? But many of us have multiple devices in our home that pull us, you know, and then there's work and there's family and there's mm-hmm. friends. And mm-hmm. so I feel like um, the fact that they have like said, you know, they're like, this is what I feel God has called me to. And these two women we're like, we want to do this. This is how we feel we could serve God is get women in the word every day. I mean, I think that's amazing just how it's affected just my life alone. Um, and there's countless women all over the world doing this study every single day. Um, so I'd say that's one way. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was very long winded answer to a question, but no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. Um, I've listened to the podcast and they're almost as good as this one. So that's been, (laughs) sometimes it's fun to like hit you with like a new Uh fact, I guess I would call it like, (laughs) I know something you don't know (laughs) makes me feel a little smarter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was thinking too of the the global trips. You and I both had the chance to go on a short term uh, cross cultural ministry trip with uh, with Donna Crum. Yes, she led one yes. that I went on, then led one that you went on, and uh, I know that that was that was something for me, like uh, coming to understand 
kind of God's global heart and, and even seeing like God's heart for the nations, um, seeing that theme all throughout scripture. And then, uh, I guess learning about that in the midst of having the chance to kind of engage with it uh, at the same time. So it's not just like a kind of a book thing, but it's like you're, you're in the midst of engaging with what God is doing globally. That was a really cool experience. And uh, like without Donna leading the trip um, and really like investing in the people who were a part of it, that wouldn't have been the case. And so, yeah, I would say that that's one for sure um, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Love Donna. Miss her dearly. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Going on a trip with Donna is a an amazing experience and I'm glad that I got that opportunity and yeah. we got the opportunity together but at different times. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so let's talk about what got cut now. A um, couple pieces from this one. It wasn't like a super huge passage and so there wasn't like a there was a few things, but there wasn't like a, a ton because I got to kind of pick it at it uh, from a few different angles, but one of the things was the complaint that arises in the passage is that the, the Hellenistic widows are being overlooked in the daily distribution of resources, whether it's food or, um, or uh, money. They were the, the Hebrew widows uh, were being provided for, but the Hellenistic ones weren't. And it, it's like kind of interesting, the, the social situation, if you dig into the background, basically people wanted to be buried in Jerusalem if they were Jewish. And so the Hellenistic Jewish people, they were the ones who basically had traveled and lived throughout the Roman Empire, uh, had assimilated into the Hellenistic culture of the Roman Empire. So their primary language is Greek. Their uh, kind of their customs and their way of life, it differed from that of the Hebrew um, Hebrew Jewish people who had been born and raised in, in Israel. Um, but when they came close to the end of their life, they wanted to come back to Jerusalem to be buried there. And so... Uh, that was kind of a trend among Hellenistic Jewish people. The thing is, you also had this age discrepancy with the way marriage took place then, where wives were typically anywhere from 10 to 15, even 20 years, sometimes younger than the husband. Um, and so you've got the husband coming back at the end of his life to die and be buried in Jerusalem. Um, and therefore, the, the wives are significantly younger um, and end up being left behind. And that's why you have so many widows in Jerusalem at this time. So, so it's really interesting just in the sense that there's this, these cultural factors that are playing into why there's a daily distribution in the first place. Why are there so many widows? Um, because these things, and, and I think what that should lead us to to think is, you know, there's definitely like a, a biblical paradigm to, to see that, um, like widows are, um, I think you can understand someone who's a widow as, as being kind of in a vulnerable, a vulnerable position in, in whatever culture they're in. But at the same time, it, it's kind of like a paradigm for who are the most vulnerable among us. And then how do we kind of step in and care in the midst of that? Um, or even advocate on their behalf, which is what we see taking place in the passage. And so I think it's just an interesting question to ask. What are the social situations that are current today that lead there to be an abundance of vulnerable people um, kind of in our context and, and who is that and what are the situations that are kind of contributing to that um, so kind of like a whole sermon in itself so yeah would why, that be why it got cut that's why it got cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it would have been a different direction entirely yeah um, yeah and then any anything else that got cut because I don't know what you actually cut mm-hmm. I hear like kind of like the end yeah. Um, the beginning and the end, but I don't know how you sift through everything. So did anything else get cut or was it just that? That was the main thing. There's one little thing that would tack on with that. And it's that uh, the complaint arises and it's a good thing that it arises because it needs to. Um, and so I think it, it just would have been a chance to talk about 
complaint is a legitimate thing that should take place within the church. And there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to respond to that and to handle it. And so, uh, both in, both in bringing it forward, but then also in like the leadership's response to it. And so that's part of what this passage also gives is a paradigm for how do we bring forward complaints and then how should leadership respond to them? Because there's a responsibility there as well. And that's part of what's modeled here is how the 12 do respond to that. Um, and even the deacons. So I would say that's something the passage puts forward as a, as a good thing that I just didn't get the chance to, to go into. Um, but in terms of what got cut, that is, that is about the, the summation of it all. You mean complaining is like a common thing in the church? <laughs> <laughs> it is, but there's also, there's like a, there's a, there's a right way to do it, yes, right? When, yes. when advocating on behalf of the vulnerable, I would say. Yes. This passage puts that forward as a good thing. Um, yes, there is a right and a wrong way to complain, and there's a right and a wrong way to respond. And Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We all need to go to our Heavenly Father and ask Him before we put forth complaints and responses. <laughs> <laughs> there's the mini-sermon on that part that got cut. <laughs> yeah, that's good, that's good. <laughs> okay, so our closing segment here is the listener question, and I'm curious, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, because... <laughs> We both we both just kind of closed the books on this chapter of our lives, our 20s. And so the question is, how do I not waste my 20s um, slash how do I use my 20s well? Uh, how do I not waste my 20s slash how do I use them well? Well, what I'm thinking is <laughs> we did everything backwards from today's standpoint we got married barely legal <laughs> so as they say <laughs> we had we, I mean we have three kids we had two kids before I was 30 and then we had our third three days after I turned 30 so mm -hmm. you went to school while we were married yeah. and having kids um, mm -hmm. I mean I've been a stay-at-home mom. So how do... Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say <laughs> that like the typical... This is not true for everyone, but I would say like the typical um, kind of like track that people I think expect um, or sort of like the assumption is like, uh, you know, uh, college, marriage, career, uh, and then like kids. And so it's almost like well, what's the order of those? And do I put those in my 20s or not? And and I would say for us, um, it was basically, I think, I, like, I think it comes down to faithfulness. Um, and it's not going to be one way for every single person. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I would say that, yeah, I would say that it's just trying to be faithful. And so like you were saying, right, reading, reading, spending time daily in the word, um, being engaged in church and prayer, um, there comes like a, an ability to understand and to hear God's voice. And I would just say, be faithful with the responsibilities and the opportunities that he's given you. Um, and to, yeah, to be, to be faithful in the way that he's leading and guiding you. Because with us, I would say that's how it took place. Like we, we started having kids before I went to school and then so that, that complicated things and it, it made for some really, really busy and really difficult years. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you can see how, how everything happened in, uh, even though it wasn't necessarily our plan, it was God's plan for us. And yeah. it was being faithful to that, that I, I could say, like, I, I feel like pretty confident on looking back on the twenties and being like, yeah, I feel like, 
um, I feel really good about how we handled them. And it, mm-hmm. it really wasn't, it, it wasn't like a grand design or a plan that we put together. It was just sort of yeah. one step at a time being faithful with where God was leading us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how I spent my twenties. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, we both, we, we did traveling. We traveled with our kids, mm-hmm. which many would look at us and think we're insane to do a 4,000 mile road trip with a four or one and a three-year-old at the time. I mean, we both were able to go overseas to do, um, you know, a cross-cultural trip and to do a global trip in that way. We did that in our 20s. So I guess I would say how not to waste your 20s or how to do that well. I I would say, you know, don't Don't let the things of this world like pull you into thinking you need to do things a certain way. I would say really, really, you know, almost like fact check it against the Bible, you know, like what, what does the Bible say? How should I be living my life right now? What does that look like? Um, you know, what, like, what has God entrusted to me in a daily, in my daily life? You know, are you at school? Well, how can you be faithful to God while you're at school? Are you married? How can you be faithful in your marriage? You know, um, are you, you single, you know, how can you honor God in being single? Um, really, I just, I feel like in today's society with all the social media and everything, you can really feel this pull too. you know, I need to travel. I need to be like well-established. Um, mm-hmm. and I've, I need to do X, Y, and Z before I turn 30, but really it's just like, what is God calling you to? Um, yeah. how can you be faithful to God because he's never going to waste your days, you know, like a life with God is a full life. Um, so I would say that, you know, just really like what, what does God have for me in this season? What does my day-to-day life look like to honor him? You know, not necessarily make it this big thing of how do I need to like fit all this stuff into my twenties, you know? Um, Cause then I think you almost end up doing nothing sometimes. If you're me, you overthink it and then you end up doing nothing. So, um, that's my answer. Um, if you can pick and choose what you want to use out of that, if anything, but mm-hmm. that would be my answer to that. And yeah. we've survived a podcast together. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. Yep. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for joining. This was fun. And uh, hopefully it will not be the last time. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see how this turns out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, be sure to send them on over to us. You can email us at podcast at parkcommunitychurch.org or just drop a comment wherever you happen to be listening or watching. So thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next week with a new episode.